0: A uh, Question for you this morning. How is your uh, relationship with God? How is your relationship with God? Has anyone ever asked you that question before and you weren't quite sure how exactly to answer? How is your relationship with God? I think when people ask us that question uh, personally, uh, if you are like me, you immediately go to the spiritual disciplines in your life and you think to yourself, am I uh, in the Word? Uh, How is my prayer life? And when is the last time I have been uh, church. Uh, If you are part of a church and someone asks you, uh, how is the spiritual health of the church or how is the church doing, uh, we typically go to the three B's. And the three B's are building, bucks, and butts. Uh, We try to gauge the spiritual health of a place Uh, oftentimes by things that we can measure, things that we can experience, things that we can see. But I might suggest to you this morning that sometimes the things that we use to gauge the spiritual health of our own lives or of a place uh, aren't always the things that we should look to. Uh, As a matter of fact, this morning I want uh, to talk to you about four indicators uh, or four signs of spiritual health and renewal uh, from the book of Nehemiah. And I want us to think together about four things. I'm going to lay down my cards for you uh, right front and center, and you can follow along with me this morning. Four indicators of spiritual health is a volunteering or service, a gratitude, joy, and worship. Uh, service or volunteering, gratitude, uh, joy, uh, and worship. Uh, If you are new to Christ's point, we have been walking through the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a book uh, that many people uh, use to teach about leadership or about vision or about developing people, and uh, we see lessons throughout the book about those things, but it's not primarily a book about uh, leadership or vision. It is a book about how God is renewing his people and drawing them to himself. If you're familiar with the Old Testament story, God's people, uh, the Israelites, were at one time a united kingdom, but they had been divided and scattered. Uh, By the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, Nehemiah goes to the king of the Persians, King Cyrus, and says, Hey, can uh, we, as God's people, go back to Jerusalem uh, to rebuild the wall around the city? And Cyrus says, Yes, uh, you may, And so Nehemiah rallies the troops uh, together. They rebuild the wall in a short period of time. Uh, the word of God in Nehemiah chapter uh, 8 is brought before the people. Uh, the people are convicted of their sin. They uh, repent. They recall the goodness of God in Nehemiah chapter uh, 9. And then we looked at Nehemiah chapter 10 last week. And we talked about this recommitment that the people made to the Lord, and uh, this morning I want us to look at some of the fruit or the results of the spiritual health that was evident uh, in the people of God. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 11, uh, Nehemiah chapter 11, and I want to begin by uh, reading Nehemiah chapter 11, uh, verses Uh, 1 and 2. Nehemiah chapter 11 verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the leaders of the people uh, stayed in Jerusalem, and the rest of the people cast lots for one out of ten to come and live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the other nine tenths remained in their towns the people praised all the men who were uh, willingly offered who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem so there's a group of leaders who are already in the city uh, and they want to increase the multitude of people who live in the city and so they uh, cast lots they in essence in an old testament sort of way draw straws to decide that one out of 10 people uh, would move into the city of Jerusalem and apparently there's also this group who simply volunteered uh, to go. Now some people look at verse 2 of Nehemiah and it says that the people praised those who willingly offered to live in Jerusalem. Some people think that those are the people whose names had kind of been drawn. They got the short straw and they went and so they praised the people. And other people would suggest that these people who volunteered to go were just people whose hearts had been stirred by God to go live in the city. I think more than likely it's The second option, I think there was a group of people uh, who, when they cast lots, one out of ten, went to move to the city. But I think there's another group of people uh, that stepped up and said, hey, we want to go as well. You have to understand that this was a big deal for the people to go into the city because it was not at that time necessarily a desirable place for God's people to go and live. Even though Jerusalem was a place where people gathered to worship together, it also uh, was not a safe place for God's people. Uh, People during that time uh, valued land. Uh, They valued the property that they lived on. Uh, People experienced in many ways more security if they lived outside of the city because when the enemy would come and attack, if you were in the city, you were in harm's way. And so it was a a less desirable place to live. Uh, I grew up in metro Detroit, uh, right outside of Detroit, Michigan. Detroit uh, tends to have a bad reputation in many places. Uh, If you talk to people, they go, oh oh, Detroit, oh, you're from Detroit. I was like, no, there, w- there was a time where the city was flourishing. It was a, a wonderful and a beautiful place uh, to live. Uh, and yet, roughly 50 years ago, there's many people that left the city and moved out into the suburbs, so much so that it was a, a dangerous place to go. When I was growing up, my parents, when I could drive, were like, don't, don't go to the city, right? And so when you're 16 years old and you have a driver's license, what do you want to do? You want to go see this place that everyone is afraid of. And so uh, occasionally I would go into the city to experience what everyone was talking about. Roughly 10 years ago, people began to move back into the city and to grow the city. So much so that uh, the city in many ways is starting to or beginning to flourish. Well, in some ways, this was Jerusalem for God's people. God's people uh, had been scattered. They had left the city but now they're coming back and they want to repopulate uh, the area. They want that place to flourish again. So scripture says that there were people when they cast lots, one out of ten, who went to the city. But then apparently it seems as if there's this other group of people uh, who willingly offered to go. I love the uh, New American Standard translation of this verse. It says, and the people blessed all the men uh, who uh, volunteered, to live in Jerusalem. Um, they, they volunteered. They stepped up. And it, it wasn't a have to for the people. It was a get to. It was like we, we, we get to go and live in the city. They willingly uh, stood up and said send us. Uh, scripture time and time again uh, points to our service or our volunteering. as one of the ways that we gauge uh, spiritual health or growth. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Uh, so if you want to take the spiritual temperature of a place, uh, look at those who are volunteering. Uh, look at those who are serving. Because volunteering uh, is the right response when the people of God have been confronted with the Word of God and the work of God. Right? People who, who see God is great, and so they look at it as their joy and their privilege uh, to step up and to serve. At Christ's point, it is our mission uh, to point people to Jesus. And one of the practical ways that we pursue that and live that out is by establishing a culture of joyful service. Uh, when we serve, it is not out of a duty or obligation it's not because we have to it's not because someone guilted us into it it's because we get to right we've seen the, the beauty and the glory of God and so we say Lord I want uh, to serve you uh, and your people if you want to gauge the spiritual health uh, of your own heart or of a place then ask yourself uh, this question am I serving Am I serving? Am I serving the people uh, that God has sent my way? Am I serving in the place where he has put me? Uh, If you are interested in serving, I would love uh, to have the joy and the opportunity to talk to you more about what that looks like at Christ Point. Well, one way to gauge the spiritual health of a place is to look and see who is volunteering and who Uh, is uh, willingly and joyfully uh, stepping up to the plate. Another way, apparently, to gauge the spiritual health or renewal of the people uh, is to uh, notice if they are a people of gratitude. To notice if they are a people of uh, gratitude. Time and time again, in Nehemiah chapter 11 and Nehemiah chapter 12, it says that the people had hearts full of gratitude. Nehemiah 12, verse 24 says, And the chiefs of the Levites, uh, Hashabiah and uh, Sherbiah and Jeshua, the son of Kadmiel, uh, with their brothers who stood opposite them to praise and to give thanks according to the commandment of David, the man of God, watch by watch. Nehemiah 12, verse 27 says, And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication uh, with gladness with thanksgiving and with singing with cymbals and harps and lyres Nehemiah 12:31 and I brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall appointed two great choirs and gave thanks one to the south on the wall uh, on the dung gate Nehemiah 12:38 and the other choir uh, uh, the qu- and the other choir of those who gave thanks went to the north and I followed them With half the people on the wall above the tower of the ovens to the broad wall. Nehemiah 12.40. So both choirs of those who gave thanks stood in the house of God. And I and half of the officials with me. So they're dedicating this wall that they had rebuilt. And they send up these two choirs literally on top of the wall. One to the north and one to the south. And it says time and time and time again that the people uh, gave thanks. Uh, Gratitude. Gratitude is the right response when the people of God had been, have been confronted with the word of God and the work of God. These people, uh, their lives were marked by a deep sense of gratitude. Uh, can I ask you, uh, is your life marked by gratitude? Like when you think about the conversations that you have with other people, when you think about the interactions that you have at work, or at home, or in uh, the neighborhood, or with your kids' sports teams, or with your friends at school? Uh, are your conversations marked by gratitude and thanksgiving? Uh, do people walk away from a conversation with you and think, boy, he is, he is full of gratitude. He's just so thankful. Or she, her heart is full of gratitude and thanksgiving. Uh, I wish I could say that gratitude is natural and normal uh, for us, but that is not always the case. Uh, Sometimes in life it is easier uh, for us to grumble and complain uh, more so than to have a heart full of gratitude. Exodus chapter 16 verse 8, uh, Moses says, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him. What are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. And so Moses is looking at the people that he is leading, uh, people who are complaining because of, of the circumstances they are experiencing in life. And he says, when you grumble and you complain, you are grumbling against the Lord. Right? When we grumble and complain, we in essence are saying to God that what you have given to us and what you have done for us is insufficient. Uh, we uh, believe somehow that we have been shorted or that we expect more, and so we're disappointed that God didn't step up in the way that we thought he would. I, I can't help but think of that classic theological work uh, by the Veggie Tales uh, when I think it's, I don't know if it's Bob the Tomato or, uh, or the Cucumber. What's the cucumber's name? Larry, yes. Yeah, there's this book we read to our kids when they were little. And there's this line that says, uh, whenever I get to complainin' for long, uh, I try to remember complainin' is wrong. And I thought, man, that's pretty good. Like, whenever I get to complainin' for long, I try to remember that complainin' is wrong. Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you might become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a a warped and crooked generation. Uh, Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. I love that, that picture at the end of verse 15 where he talks about children of God without fault. And then he says, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Like I, I wonder to myself, if we are a people marked by gratitude and thanksgiving, if we will not shine like stars in the sky, like that rubs off on people, like people notice. Are you a, a man or a woman of gratitude? Are you a student whose heart is full of gratitude? I, I hope that we would be a people of thanksgiving. One of the signs of spiritual health in our hearts is that we are a thankful uh, people, Anne Voskamp, in uh, her uh, book on Thanksgiving, uh, says every breath is a battle between judgery and gratitude. Uh, give thanks, and you win joy. Give thanks, and you win joy. Don't don't you uh, want to experience joy? Isn't that what you long for? I mean, there's something about the human heart where we run hard and fast after joy. We want to experience it sometimes at any cost. Don't you want to experience joy? Well, if you want to experience joy, have a heart full of gratitude and and joy is uh, the result. God-given joy, we learn, is the right response when uh, the people of God respond to the Word of God. And the work of God God given joy is the right response uh, when the people of God see the word of God and confront the work of God. Verse 43 in Nehemiah chapter 12 says and they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and children also rejoiced and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. Isn't that cool? You want to gauge the spiritual temperature of uh, your heart or of a place, uh, then then take a look and notice uh, whether or not there is joy. A joy can't be manufactured. It can't be faked. It's not contrived, and it's not something that we just drum up. We can't we can't do that. Joy is something that flows out of our hearts it's something that is produced by god did you notice verse 43 where the joy comes from it says they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoice and god had made them rejoice with great joy and so even our joy in life is something that god is producing in us the people rejoiced with with great joy it was God-given. If you lack joy in your heart and in your life, it seems like uh, that would be the kind of prayer that God would want to answer. Uh, God, help me to be a joyful man. Help me to be a joyful woman. Uh, These people were so full of joy that it says the joy of Jerusalem uh, was heard far away. They they just had a reputation for being a joy-filled people. When I read this, I thought about uh, what it's like to uh, to come and uh, approach or attend a, a church service where you can hear people singing inside while you're on the outside. Have you ever had that experience before? Oftentimes when we uh, travel to Honduras or other places in the world, we'll show up to a church service like we'll do one week uh, from today, and we'll show up to the service that starts at like 6 o'clock, but it'll really start at like... 6-ish, 615, 620, 630. But oftentimes we show up and we come what seems to be late for us. Like if the service starts at 6, I would like to be there at 5. And right? I want to make sure that we're settled, that we know our space, that we're ready. We don't do that. We just pull up in the van. And oftentimes when we pull up, the people are inside and they're singing and they're worshiping and they're praising and it's their voices are lifted up with joy, and it's so crazy to be able to approach this church, this place, and to hear the voices of the people, and it seems as if joy is just leaking out of the place, right? Joy is like that. Joy is contagious. Joy overflows out from our hearts, a Joy uh, gives us a reputation in the community. People say they are a people uh, full of joy. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, if you are a son or daughter of the one true uh, living King, I assure you that God's hope uh, for your life is not that you might become cantankerous. Uh, it's not that you would be ornery or irritable. It is that we would be a people of joy that doesn't mean uh, that everything that happens to us in life is fun or happy, right? It is not. We're not oblivious uh, to life in a fallen world. Uh, We we understand the place where God has put us, that that bad things happen, that things happen to us oftentimes that, that don't Uh, fill our hearts with joy. And yet, the joy here that Scripture speaks of is a joy that's grounded and founded in the Lord. It's the joy that God uh, has given uh, to us. My prayer for you and for me is that that we would be a people of joy, that we, our lives, would be marked by joy. And so if you want uh, to uh, gauge the spiritual health of your own heart, if you want to gauge the spiritual health of a place, then take a look and notice if people are quick to serve. Are, are, are there people who step up and say, count me in? I want to be a part of what God is doing. Uh, is that place marked by gratitude? Uh, when you have conversations with uh, the people, do they oftentimes say, well, I give thanks to God for, and then share with you a good work that God is doing? And then third, is that place marked? Uh, by joy, and lastly, uh, is it a place marked by worship? Uh, worship is the right response uh, when the people of God respond to the work of God in the Word of God right worship is is something that we as the people of God um, have the joy and the privilege uh, to allow to be part of our lives. We are a people of worship right because joy uh, Kind of bubbles up in our hearts, in our souls, and it needs a place to go. Have right, you ever noticed that? that? That joy in our hearts uh, has to go somewhere. And oftentimes joy uh, leads to worship. I love what author C.S. Lewis wrote when uh, he said, I have never noticed, or I had never noticed, that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise, unless shyness or the fear of Boring others is deliberately uh, brought it in to check. And I think about that line. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise unless something stops it, right? Unless we're inhibited or we're shy or we're afraid because joy just needs to go somewhere, right? And so C.S. Lewis writes and he says, The world rings with praise lovers praising their mistresses, Romeo praising Juliet and vice versa, A readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, A players praising their favorite game, praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, uh, uh, motors, horses, colleges, countries, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, I, he lost me on rare beetles. But he says people praise rare beetles, and even sometimes, sometimes, politicians or scholars. He says, except where intolerably adverse circumstances interfere, praise almost seems to be inner health made audible. Praise is inner health made audible. I had not noticed either that, just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value. So they spontaneously others, uh, urge others to join them in praising. They say things like, isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that is magnificent? The psalmist, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. And then he writes this. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. Isn't that good? I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. Right? We, as God's people, are a people of praise. Right? Joy is birthed in our hearts and it needs somewhere to go. And, and where it goes is vertical. It goes to God. When God gives us joy and allows us to experience joy in life, that should or ought to produce in us worship. Because right? that's how God oftentimes moves us. Joy experienced is expressed in worship. Right? And as a people of God, we invite other people to delight in and to worship the things that we love. Right, you've had those experiences before where you've uh, experienced something in life, uh, something so wonderful that you had to share it with someone else. You've had a meal that was just so good that you said to someone else, hey, you've got to try this. Like I went to this new restaurant, I went to this new place. Or uh, when you are uh, first in a relationship dating someone and you are uh, beginning to fall in love, you start talking about that person to anyone and everyone who will listen. It's exhausting. And a bit obnoxious. But we do it all the time, right? Because we are growing uh, to love this person and we can't help tell other people about it. Well, uh, the same is true in the Christian life. When we experience God, when we come face to face with the God who made us and knows us and loves us, a joy uh, bubbles up in our hearts uh, so much so that we worship uh, the God that made us. That's what's happening in Nehemiah chapter 12. The people of God have gathered together. They're dedicating the wall. They're they're committing the work that had been done to the Lord. And the people literally get up on top of the wall. And one choir goes to the north and one choir uh, goes to the south. And the people raise uh, their voices and in gratitude and in thanksgiving. uh, They praise God uh, for his work. So let me ask you a question uh, this morning. Is uh, your life uh, marked uh, by a, a sense of service? I mean, when you think about your days and how you order uh, your life, are you someone who has been so changed by uh, the Lord that you can't help but serve? Uh, and do you see it as, as a joy and a privilege, or does it seem to be a bit of a beatdown? down? I mean, when, when God changes our hearts and works in our hearts, Uh, service is a joy. It's a privilege for us. Uh, Can I ask you this morning, is your life marked by gratitude? Do you you think about the work that God has done in your heart and in your life, and do you think to yourself, God, thank you so much uh, for the work that you have done and are doing in me and in others. Is your life uh, marked by joy? Do other people uh, hang out with you and spend time with you and walk away and think, I want to do that more? That, that is one person whose heart is captivated uh, by God. Joy just seeps out of their pores. And, and last, is your life uh, marked by worship? Like, Is this time here on Sunday morning something that you long for and that you look forward to? Do you think to yourself, I can't help uh, but but look forward to gathering together with God's people and lifting my voice and worshiping him. Uh, if, if you want to gauge the spiritual temperature of uh, your heart or of a place, uh, may I suggest to you look at uh, the folks who are serving. Consider whether or not there is a sense of gratitude as you talk to people. A uh, notice, take note of the joy that people uh, possess. and, uh, and Open your eyes and see if it is a place of worship. My prayer uh, for you and my prayer for me is that this would be such a place. Uh, would you pray with me and, and ask God uh, to help us? God, thank you so much for, uh, for loving us. Thank you so much, uh, Lord, for revealing your goodness uh, to us. Thank you for the joy and the privilege that we have as your people to serve you and others. Uh, Lord, I pray and I ask, I beg of you, Lord, that you would uh, allow us to be a grateful people, a people that are always always noticing uh, the good work that you are doing. Uh, Lord, I pray that this would be a place of joy. I pray that people would long to come and to gather as your people and lift their voices uh, to you. I pray that, Lord, that this place uh, would be a place of worship. God, thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for uh, showing your goodness Uh, your grace and your mercy to us, your people. Uh, This morning we give you thanks. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by uh, your spirit. Amen.